So in today's uh, gospel reading, we heard about not being anxious. But that's not where it starts. The gospel reading actually starts talking about uh, sight and talking about if we have a clear eye, then light will fill us. But if our eye is clouded, then we have darkness filling us and we don't see clearly. When we hear about eyes and things like that in the gospels, it's usually talking about the eyes of the heart, which is the noose. And so we're being called here to have a clean, a cleansing of the noose so that we see clearly. And when we see clearly, then we can act appropriately in the world with respect to each other, to creation and to God. The context of this particular gospel reading today is that Jesus has just begun his public ministry and he's... Um, He's been baptised, obviously, and then he's been all throughout Galilee, healing people, casting out demons, doing all these kind of miracles. And at this time, many people were expecting a Messiah to come. Now, in the book of Daniel, there was some, um, he had some visions and so on, and people did the numbers, and they said, okay, around about now is when the Messiah is coming. So there was a great expectation in this period for the Messiah to come. When the Messiah came, he was going to be doing healings and miracles and all these kind of things. So people naturally believed that Jesus was the Messiah. Well, they imagined, is this the Messiah? Is he the one? And their idea of a Messiah was not what we expect of a Messiah, which is that he'll save us and take us into his heavenly kingdom. But their idea of a, of a Messiah was that their, their Messiah would save them from the Romans. Because most people in that time were extremely poor, they were oppressed, and so they were looking for a saviour, but not the kind of saviour that we're used to thinking about. They were looking for a saviour, someone to help them in their physical circumstances, in their life. You know, whatever, their lack of food, lack of security, all the kind of things that people worry about. That's what they were looking for. And Jesus here is saying that while those things are important, there, are, there is something far more important. And that is that it's... It's good to have those, those things, those things of life, the, the necessities of life. But what we really need is to have our eyes set on God. And when we have our eyes properly set on God, then all of those things will actually be taken care of. I'll talk about how they're taken care of a little bit later. But we needn't be anxious about those, those things when we have our eyes set on God. Okay, so that's the, that's the first point. That's what this is kind of about and where, where he's coming from. Now, um, the whole concept of having this confidence in God, where does it come from? I mean, Jesus is telling us to have confidence in God, to put our eyes on him, to, to not worry about things. But where does it come from? Jesus isn't saying something new, right? He's not telling us something that, that didn't appear somewhere else. So like many things, if we go back to Genesis, we'll see the answer to this. We know that, and this is a fundamental dogma of the church, and this is why I want to talk about it a little bit, is that the, the whole earth, all creation, all human beings, everything that exists, both visible, visible and invisible, as the creed says, was made by God out of nothing, came into existence out of nothing. Why is that important? And why is it important in this context? It's important because if you go back to the ancient world, many people believed, the, the Greeks, for example, believed, and many other, in many other religions they also believed, 
that there was pre-existing matter and that their gods simply created things out of what already existed. But if you believe that, then there is necessity there. These things exist, this stuff exists, and I have to do something with it. So creation comes into, into existence in these other religions because of a necessity, some kind of necessity. This is not true with, with, with Christianity or with the Jewish religion. Because everything comes into existence out of nothing, the only motivation that God has for bringing everything to existence is love. That is the primary motivation, is love. His desire to share his existence with creatures. So this idea that God would provide everything that we need because of love in order to share his life with us is actually built in to the real into reality, built into creation, built into existence. When properly seen, when our eyes are cleared, we, we can see that that is how reality actually exists, that it exists in such a way that we see God's love in it and through it and all around us. That's why it's important that we understand this dogma of creation out of nothing. It, it, may, it, it helps us to understand that this world exists because of God's love and that we exist because God wills us to exist. Every moment. We tend, to think, we tend to forget it. We think about it because we live in the everyday world and we're such good materialists. We all think that we have self-existence. I exist because I eat food. I exist because, you know, I, I have a house and it protects me from the elements and all these kind of things. We, we tend to think that. But this is, this is not the case. We exist because God wills us to exist because of his love for us every single instant of our lives. So we need to remember that. Okay, so we know why it is that we can have this confidence in God, but does that mean that we go through life and everything's great? Um, we never have any problems. Uh, we always have everything that we need. We feel like we always have everything that we need. Not really. Um, I, many, many times I don't feel like I have what I need. I, I know I go through difficult times, through troubles, all those kind of things. But really what's, what's happening there? Um, the challenges that we have mostly come because we misunderstand what needs are and what wants are. That, that's a fundamental distinction, but we mostly mis mistake wants and call them needs. And so many, many times the things that we want we claim as needs and then we torture ourselves with them. But God in his goodness allows us to go through these things because they are training for us. When we suffer a little, and this was, the, this was the epistle reading today, when we suffer a little, when we understand we go through some afflictions, we go through some suffering, then those things work in us patient endurance. We come to understand that we can endure patiently these things, especially with God's help, we can patiently endure these afflictions. And when we patiently endure things, that builds character in us. And as Christians, that means it builds a godly character in us. It helps us to become more Christ-like as we go through life with this patient endurance. And as we become more Christ-like, our hope in the, well, in, the, in the reality of the kingdom of God becoming manifest in our lives, and not only in this life, but in the life to come, becomes more real to us. So that's our hope. And this hope has, of course, cannot fail because it's backed up by God himself. So we 
accept afflictions, as St. Paul says. We accept afflictions, but we give glory to God. We give glory to God knowing that any affliction that we're going through, even when it's a mistake on our part, even when we've misunderstood wants for needs, and we're suffering because of that, God's working through that to help us to come to a better understanding of him and how we ought to live in life. None of us are perfect. None of us have got it all figured out. We're all kind of stumbling through life. But God uses that. God uses that to help us to understand and come to know him better. But that brings us to the kind of the, the end of what I want to talk about, and that is that even though we're stumbling through life and, and we have all of these things, we sometimes mistake needs for wants, sometimes we do have genuine needs that aren't being met. And the way that those needs are met is most often through God's divine providence, right? Now, we can think of... We, we, I don't know about you, but when I was younger, because I grew up in the Pentecostal church, I expected everything to be very miraculous. This was, the, this was just in the water in the Pentecostal churches. You know, miraculous things are supposed to happen all the time and whatever. And the, the mundane, of, mundane things of life were sort of not, not neglected, but not really looked at as being God's providence. But God's providence comes through the everyday of life. It comes through the, the meal that we're going to have, you know, short, coming up shortly. It comes through the jobs that we have. It comes through the doctors that we have who look after us. All those kind of things. I heard recently on a podcast, it was um, Father Stephen DeYoung, talking about, um, talking about how th this, exactly this idea. The people have this, uh, this, this idea that miracles should be happening all the time, should be all razz you know, razzle-dazzle and all this kind of thing, right? And he was talking about healing, and he's saying, you know, the number one way in which God heals people is through rest and their own immune system. I was like, yes, that's right. And the number two way that God heals people is through the medical profession. Wow, who would have thought? And then the third way is, of course, God actually intervenes. But we have the ability to rest our immune. This is what I said. God is upholding us in existence every second of the day. His, his providence for us is is there all the time. How, if he wants to heal us, how he heals us is up to him. It could be through our own bodies, it could be through the medical profession, it could be through a miracle, whatever. But, you know, we need to always have our eyes clear. So going back to the very beginning where Jesus is saying, your eye needs to be clear so that light can enter. So you can see clearly about how the world really works and how providence really works in the world. But that means also that for us, when... If we're working as a body, and remember that, as I said, God's love for mankind, God's love for his creation, that's part of the fabric of reality. But as his church, as his kingdom, that's also part of the reality of this kingdom. And so when people are in need, when our eyes are clear, we should be able to see that and, and act, act appropriately to give people whatever they need. Right? And Jesus brings this up all the time. If, if someone, if you've got a spare cloak and someone needs one, give it to them. Right? Lend, don't receive, don't without without expecting to receive anything back. All these kind of things. So, this provision, this providence, this help that um, for people who, who are in need. So, this is a talking about the anxiety. We needn't. If if the body of church, body of Christ is working properly, if our if our community is functioning properly as a body of Christ. There is no need for anxiety because the needs of all are met by what we all communally have together. 
when, when our eyes are properly opened and we see and we act appropriately towards other people, everything is met in our community, hopefully in our community. Or we know how to get it. We can, we can direct people appropriately. So I just want to leave you on that note that God is looking after us all the time, every minute of the day. We just don't see it. And we need to have our eyes opened to see that. That the provision for our God's providence for us encompasses everything in our life. Not just Sundays at the liturgy, not just some special spectacular thing that happens, but every single moment of our life is, is there and being uh, upheld by God's providence. So may God help us to see that more and more um, as we go through the week. Rejoice,